0: everyone, this is the Life Sciences Radio, a brand new GSLS project. My name is Anastasia Kurysheva, I am a PhD student at the Educational Center UMC Utrecht, with my research focusing on higher education. I initiated these podcasts, but I really hope that in the future the GSLS students will join me in creating them together. The main idea of this podcast is to enhance the informal communication flow within the GSLS. We will talk to professionals who stand behind the education at this graduate school. We will talk to students and in the future also to teachers and researchers. Of course, you can read about many of these people at the university website, you can visit their lectures, find the information about them in the internet. What these interviews aim to add to all of that is that they will try to go beyond their professional expertise. We will try to get a glance at what kind of people they are, what is their personality, values, beliefs and guiding principles. So, let's start our journey to get acquainted with people who make this graduate school. And today is our first podcast and our first guest. This is Professor Harald van Rijn. Hello, Harald. Hello, Nastia. Harald van Rijn is Professor of Innovation in Biomedical Education and director of the Graduate School of Life Sciences. Harold, these um, terms sound quite official. I would like you to introduce yourself in, let's say, three core words or in any other way you would like. Who are you, first of all, in your professional life?
1: Hmm. I think a teacher. And uh, because this is why I eventually got here, I guess, because I liked teaching and I think education is, Maybe the most important part of your life, and um, even if you're even if you grow old, education is still what it's all about. So I'm primarily an educator. Um, I'm um, I think my family is important to me. So I have four kids. Uh, They're grown up. Um, uh, mostly um, my wife. She's a pathologist here at the UMC Utrecht. And um, um, thirdly. Ooh, that's a difficult one. I um, like to ride my bike, so I think uh, going out, walking the dogs, or riding my bike is uh, uh, something that I uh, like to do. Um, but this is non professional, sorry.
0: But well, sounds great, that's what we want to know. We want <laughs> to know what kind of person you are.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> I'll stick to the assignment next time.
0: Good, uh, and you as a uh, An educator together with your colleagues influence the development of the Graduate School of Life Sciences. How do you see the mission of the GSLS? How would you like it to look like?
1: I think that um, education is about helping people to develop themselves. So I think this is, let's say, the more um, personal definition of study success, that we have helped people to mm-hmm. grow, to get one step further in their development or in their career. So, um, and I think we're far of that within the Graduate School of Life Sciences, mm-hmm. because we have a, a structure which allows students to uh, design their own program. So, what I hope is that in the upcoming years, when we are going to further develop a Life Science Academy, and also new profiles that we can even tailor uh, the program even further to the, um, the to the students itself, be making it more personalized and more connected to society than it is perhaps uh, now.
0: Right, and I think the things which you mentioned that the curriculum is so much tailored towards the students uh, is a very special feature of this graduate school. Yeah, we like. To,
1: yeah, we like to think that yes, no, no. It's especially it's um, there's lots of uh, uh, freedom for choice but also it's um, very research oriented. So th- I think this is why sh- students like to come to Utrecht, because right. of the, uh, um, the, especially the research internship part.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, in your work as an educator and also as uh, the director of this graduate school, which uh, aspects do you find most challenging for yourself and which aspects do you find most enjoyable?
1: Okay, well, my, um, my chair is on innovation in biomedical education, so the enjoyable part is uh, there, so can we uh, come up with innovative, uh, challenging uh, forms of education and we have um, connected research to that and can we then um, validate that? And uh, while well, your mm-hmm. PhD is on um, selection for graduate education, so I think this is an example that uh, we should think about um, uh, how and who to uh, to select, for instance. The more challenging part is if you really want to implement a change. In, um, and um, for, for those of you who've listened to the, the talk of Frank Miedema this morning, we are a very old university, uh, 1636 it was founded. So we, are, we have quite a tradition and old and traditional universities, it's a little bit more difficult to change. Uh, maybe also because universities are quite bottom up um, organizations in which uh, we have groups that accommodate students that give um, uh, courses and that it's not very easy to make a top down decision and change. I think we're not even used to top down decisions and then um, implementing them top down. So uh, I think this this is where the challenge is, changing uh, university education.
0: And how did you experience this during uh, the corona period when uh, certain decisions had to be made uh, really in a very uh, short uh, time frame and sometimes uh, they might have been made top down. Was it challenging as well or was it coming naturally?
1: (laughs) No, it didn't come naturally. Uh, we had to make tough decisions. Uh, one of my colleagues, uh, I'm not sure where she got the uh, the line from, but said, "If you wanna, um, if you wanna change, you need three uh, things: a man, a plan, and a disaster." And uh, let's translate this into: it can either be a, a woman, a plan, and a disaster. So I think we had a, a good idea of what how we would like to change our curriculum. And uh, so there was a plan. And uh, the COVID um, um, circumstances made it very clear to everyone that we had to change something. I mean, if you can't come to the campus, you have to do things um, online. Yes. And if there is a reduced capacity because of the, uh, the scaling down of lab um, of labs, you have to modify um, the way that you normally have your research internships. So I think the, the, the COVID gave us a context in which uh, we could make some changes. But still, changes are um, usually uh, generate resistance because, well, people are used to uh, doing things in a certain way. Students came here, for instance, to do a second internship, a minor internship. Mm-hmm. And, well, they're not sure that we can guarantee that for everyone at current, given the, the current style. Um, Uh, state of affairs with COVID. Yes, I can imagine. So, yes, COVID uh, speeded up some changes that we would like to make. Also our new profiles, life science and society. Translational life sciences, these these were on the bench to be uh, developed, but we had to increase the capacity in the second year for students. So now we we are developing them at high speed, so so that we can uh, um, offer them to our students uh, as of uh, January next year so uh, but yeah there's always a little pain somewhere
0: yeah definitely and uh, also continuing this um, conversation about corona period uh, i think on the uh, very positive side what has happened is that biomedical research gained a lot of attention also in the media but also amongst scientists uh, scientists more than usual uh, and how do you uh, imagine it in the future? Do you think there will be a run for biomedical programs because of that? And how would it relate to the fact that the GSLS is already a very selective graduate school?
1: So if, you, if I understand your question correctly, is it that we will attract more students because of the, uh, uh, yes. the increased importance of the bio- biomedical research field?
0: Yeah, do you expect
1: yeah, we even the-
0: more applicants?
1: The, um, um, well, if you look into to the trend uh, of the past years, we uh, have um, increased interest for students. I mean, our number of applications is steadily increasing. Even this year, we have more than um, uh, last year, 150 more applications than last year. Um, I know there was uh, increased um, um, interest in um, epidemiology. Uh, we have one health which is, of course, at the, uh, at the interface between uh, um, and, uh, animal and human uh, disease. So um, I think yes. And um, I also hope that it will boost the, um, um, the confidence um, in science, uh, because there's been a lot of fake news around and beliefs. And uh, so I hope that we, by connecting even better to society, Um, that we can uh, uh, increase the the confidence that people have in uh, in biomedical research.
0: Right, yeah. Now I would like to talk about the GSLS as a community. I perceive it, first of all, uh, as a research community. Which advice can you give to the new incoming students on how to integrate to this very wide and diverse research community in the best way?
1: Yeah, and it's an especially difficult question and advice now because of the corona restrictions. I mean, we are, we are, are an incredibly large school. So we have 1,500 master students, but more than 1,700 PhD students. And uh, on top of that, uh, more than 220 research groups that uh, uh, support um, our uh, uh, students and programs
0: mm-hmm.
1: so the um, um normally students would uh, focus on their program because uh, it's uh, we have decentralized our, uh, um, um, our graduate school into programs so it's like small scale communities of well depending on your program um, between uh, uh, 10 and uh, 55 students that start every year so um, they organize a community-like um, activities Um, But um, what I would advise uh, um, students is to um, um, go for a coffee. Go for a coffee with your um, PI. Go for a coffee with your program coordinator. Um, Go for a a lunch with uh, one of your colleagues. Because um, taking ownership initiative here to uh, be part of this incredible community and take advantage of that is, I think, more important than ever. Because the, let's say the the serendipity that is um, is around when you're in a lab or when you walk around here, is for sure reduced. So this is my advice: take initiative, uh, invite people for a coffee or a lunch, and um, um, get to know this incredible community um, the way you uh, would like
0: it to. Yeah, thank you. I think it's a great advice: just to stay open and take initiative in contacts, especially when they are uh, a bit restricted currently.
1: Yeah and even more when you're an international student. Um, Because, um, please remember, so we're Dutch, so uh, you can approach us, you can ask us, you can challenge us. So um, um, it's uh, valued here, if you take initiative.
0: And talking about international students, the GSLS is also a very international community. What does this local and international dynamic bring to this graduate school?
1: Yeah, every year about twenty to twenty-five percent, sometimes even almost thirty percent of our students is uh, um, has an international background or comes outside of the Netherlands. And um, I think it's uh, science is a worldwide game, and um, uh, it needs international perspectives. It needs uh, cultural views on. Uh, um, uh, it needs. Um, uh, it needs that. I guess if you wanna become a. Um, um, a researcher here that can take up a position uh, anywhere in the world, uh, then it's, um, I would say, um, um, incredibly important that we, we integrate the different perspectives as soon as possible in, uh, uh, in your master's um, uh, education here. And um, um, also, even if, you, and even if you come to work in a company um, uh, that has a worldwide um, uh, outreach, it's maybe even more important that you understand different cultures, different beliefs, different perspectives on uh, uh, the products that you may bring to market.
0: Yeah. And the GSLS is a great place for that.
1: Um, yeah. We like to think that, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I would like to uh, talk a bit about uh, your professorship, which is on innovative forms of education in the biomedical uh, education. So I'm wondering, uh, what is your prediction? Which biggest innovations in teaching will we see in the next 10 years?
1: Well, some wise men said, if you do a prediction, make sure you're dead when it's uh, uh, supposed to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> 10 years, <laughs> oh, <laughs> still hoping to be around. But um, um, I think uh, we will have education that is more connected to society and more, um, and more on skills. And uh, if you go um, uh, for a job, uh, if you see a a job advertisement, um, they usually ask for a person that has some biological, biomedical background, but we are looking for a person that is frustration tolerant, that can work in a a multidisciplinary environment, that is um, creative and, and can take initiatives and stuff like that. So I think that we, uh, apart from the disciplinary part, which is incredibly important, mm-hmm. we need to focus a little bit more on uh, the development of the person, mm-hmm. because the product of a master uh, degree is a person. And uh, this, um, I think this is the way that we are slowly moving, that we have more focus on um, uh, personal development and the skills that you need to be successful after uh, uh, in, your, the, in your afterlife here, and that we, um, um, because most of you will work in society afterwards or in industry, that we uh, take this into perspective too in the two years that you're here as a master. That um, being a, a, a researcher is not, let's say, um, uh, only an academic researcher that will work in academia, because only a few of you will still work in academia in 10 years.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: that we bring in the societal perspective, the societal needs, but also more from a philosophical point of view, what is science for, uh, that we take that into account. So I think those are, will be, maybe they sound minor, but I think they are major.
0: This sounds like a fascinating journey during a master program.
1: Yeah, I hope that Life Science Academy that we're working on now will bring this uh, um, to our uh, degree programs in two years.
0: Thank you, Harald. I would like to wrap up our conversation on this positive note, and uh, I would like to ask you for an advice of a book that you can advise to our listeners to read. That's what I would like to introduce for all our guests also in the future, that they think whom uh, they would like to recommend to read and uh, which book would it be.
1: All right. Um, Then my final choice would be Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I think it's the best book uh, about education that's actually not about education. And uh, what I think that he highlights very well is that it's not only about um, uh, working hard and making all the right choices, but that there there is a big uh, part of luck and serendipity here um, so there are different views also different cultural views on uh, how to be successful oh, that's the only part that I'm not too enthusiastic about uh, um, uh, success is let's say the American view of success so having a big company or being very rich or stuff like that but I think it's um, um, yeah, it's an amazing uh, book to read So like, and it's a page turner so I recommend it to, to uh, all of you.
0: Thank you, great advice. Uh, Harold. as a final note, I would like uh, to ask you to participate in the questionnaire uh, named after Marcel Proust. Uh, and uh, I would like to start it as a tradition with uh, the guests of this podcast that they answer the short questions uh, about themselves and their views or beliefs. So uh, you will be the first one. Are you ready?
1: <laughs> I think so. I didn't see the, the question list yet, but uh, shoot.
0: Okay, let's try. Uh, what are your favorite qualities in a person? Qualities? Yes.
1: Um, intelligence, humor, and um,
0: gentleness. What is your, your most marked characteristic? Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. What is it you most dislike?
1: Uh, I think um, um, unfair and angry.
0: Mm-hmm. If you could talk to anyone who lived before you, who that person would be?
1: Oh, that's an easy one for a physiologist. I would like to talk to Claude Bernard, who was one of the first uh, uh, physiologists that. Uh, thought about the um, how organs work and organ systems. Mm-hmm. So um, um, that must have been a really exciting time.
0: Nice. Your favorite occupation, except work, or what do you enjoy doing the most?
1: Yeah, I think I uh, um, already uh, um, answered that one in, in the start. So I'm, uh, um, I like to walk my dogs, to ride my bike, and. Um, we have a house that needs a lot of uh, maintenance, so um, uh, doing some uh, um, mm-hmm. simple constructions in the house is also very uh, relaxing.
0: Which mm-hmm. place in the Netherlands does feel very special to you, and why? Yeah.
1: I think uh, it's my uh, the region where I was born. I think you're uh, as a once you're. Uh, I think it's like the the let's say biological imprinting that you're you grow up in. A, um, in a certain environment uh, in your uh, vulnerable uh, period of your development. So every time so I I, I come from the, the south, so the region around uh, always when I, I get there, my parents and my uh, parents alone still live there when I get there, it feels good. It feels safe. It feels so yeah. I think it's the birth region. Maybe it's from any of us. I'm not sure actually. if you have a happy uh, youth.
0: Very well might be. <laughs> what was your biggest fear when you were a graduate student
1: okay so i did my phd um so well at that time master education didn't exist in the netherlands so this was let's say the last two years of my uh, biology um, degree um and uh, the, f- the first and after that i i did a phd for four years when I did my biology, um, uh, studies at the, uh, um, which was in the early nineties, I think the job market was, uh, uh, really, uh, um, bad. So, um, having a university degree was not a ticket to the job market at that, uh, mm-hmm. at that time. So I think there was part of my fear and, uh, that, uh, I could, um, uh, get a job that would fit my, uh, um, ambition at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, luckily I was, um, I got a PhD position in in Amsterdam, uh, but uh, only when I started, I learned that I was the only candidate. So uh, (laughs) that's why I got it, I I guess.
0: (laughs) Thank you for sharing this story.
1: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: This was Professor Harald van Rijn. I hope you enjoyed our first podcast. I also hope we will have another opportunity for an interview with Harald during the upcoming academic year. For now, I would like to thank Harald for his time and this inspiring conversation. Our next podcast will be recorded with the new coming students during the DSLS introduction week. We will talk about their experiences during the ILS and their inspirations for this academic year. The questions to my guests and your feedback on these podcasts is more than welcome. You can direct all of that to my email a.kurisheva.umseyutricht.nl Stay safe and tuned! And have a great start of the academic year!